Super Talk Mississippi media production. What is Moondog? Moondog Makers and Bakers is not just a catering company. It's blended tradition with innovation and something familiar just done differently. To get a taste of what they're truly all about, you can order some awesome merch, crafted spice blends, or request catering for your very own event. MoondogMakersandBakers.com. I'm Steve Azar, and I'm on the other side of the microphone, meaning I'm asking the questions this time, and oh, have mercy for the airwaves. I spent 20 years in Music City, wrote and made some hits, traveled the world, and then moved my family back to the birthplace of American music and where the magnolia trees prosper. And now every time I put my feet on Mississippi soil, when I'm off the road, well, I'm at peace. On this show, it's all about hearing the stories straight from the mouths of the friends I've made along the way, their journey to success. Heck, there might be someone on, I don't even know, but you know how us Mississippi types are. We tend to take well to new company. In a Mississippi minute, all 60 of them. I'm Steve Azar. It's just like that muddy river moving slow. Ain't no words, it's how life goes. In a Mississippi minute. That's right. Coming to you from the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios, and that's fitting for sure today, as today's guest has been doing that for so many years. It was 1996 when I recorded a song for the NFL with old number four Brett Favre, a song called Born With It. And that's what today's guest is all about. A Millsaps grad and a career with countless youngest or first evers. At age 29, he was the youngest state treasurer in the nation when elected. And in 2003, the first Republican to ever hold the office in Mississippi. The first lieutenant governor to serve two terms and become governor of our great state. I'm pretty sure he has to be the youngest or one of the youngest to hold court. We're going to find out. We're going to discuss that. As he and his first lady, and now ours, Miss Ely, First Lady Ely, take up new residence. Excited to celebrate not just the politician, but the kid, the man, the husband, and the father, the 65th governor of Mississippi, Governor Tate Reeves. Hey, Governor. Hey, Steve. How are you today? I'm good. How are you doing? <laughs> hey, man, I'm doing great. Thank you for asking. Oh, I, know, I know you've been tired. You've been on the campaign trail, and the campaign is over. Um, relieved, you know, uh, after it's all done, did you go lay down for two days? I mean, or just you just hit the ground running? Well, we hit the ground running. Um, hopefully, we'll have an opportunity to rest at some point, but uh, we hadn't had the opportunity yet. But uh, we are relieved that the campaign phase is behind us. But, Steve, I'll tell you, one of the great things about running for office in Mississippi is is you get the opportunity to travel all over the state, and you get to meet literally thousands and thousands and thousands of Mississippians. Um, and we all know that while Mississippi has a lot of strengths, um, the, the values of our people uh, is our greatest strength. And, um, and so it's, it was really um, a great privilege to meet so many folks. We've got so many friends from all 82 counties, and, and some of them worked so very hard. And um, now we're getting the opportunity to celebrate that and celebrate the, the success. I was on the Gulf Coast with you recently. You got a lot of friends, uh, a lot of believers You've got, you've got a lot of soldiers now, you know, and I just loved watching how proud they were of you and how supportive and it felt like they were part of this fight. Obviously, Frank brought us, it brought me in. I feel like he's a brother now. I think we're kin. We think we don't know, but, but just, just seeing the, their excitement and almost like relief of like, okay, now we get to roll. They're really proud of you. 
And, and, and I know the First Lady, Ely, was so just looking at you, looking up at you. Sort of reminds me of Gwen every once in a while when she <laughs> looks at me uh, when something good happens. <laughs> but this is the one thing that blows my mind a little bit and that, that always concerns me because I think about I'm older than you. I was on the road. I was on a bus sometimes 275 days a year. My kids were so young. When I was able to move back, I was able, they were 15, 13, and 10, and there was a gap. When they had to go to school, they had to do this. They couldn't follow me around, right? Uh, and so I, I didn't know them. And coming back home for me was, gave me the ability to finally watch them grow, and especially one of them was a basketball player, and one of them was a filmmaker, and one of them was a track, and all this. I got to see it. You're, about, you're coming into, well, how old are your, are your, your kids now? 15. <laughs> almost 13 and almost 8. So they're you know, within Same the day. next 45 days, 30 to 45 days they'll be 15, 13 and 8. I know they I know they're used to their dad being gone a lot, but not a lot 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 lot. Now you're talking about taking on another whole journey. Have you and the first lady sat down and talked about a plan because when I came home, it was like, "Who the party?" and my wife says, "Time out. There can't be a party. We have to have structure." But seriously, have you thought about it? And when you're running for governor, thinking about all the time away in honor of a job that you have to do that you've wanted to do for your whole life. Right. Well, and there's no doubt, and and I'll tell you, Steve, that's one of the reasons, one of many reasons I have great respect for you because you did put your family first, and that's that's something that I think is critically important. And uh, and Ely and I talked a lot before we decided to uh, run for, for governor that – um, we were going to work very, very hard to ensure that we did not disrupt the lives of our daughters. And what I'll tell you is the great thing about serving as governor, and quite frankly, the great thing since Election Day in November, um, the, the, I, I am more busy now than I've ever been. I'm, I'm as busy as I was during the campaign. But there's a major difference, and that major difference is that between January the 1st and November the 5th of 2019, the calendar controlled me. It, it, it just did. But now, uh, while I am equally as busy, if not more so, I control the calendar. And so just yesterday, I had the opportunity to, um, I had a, 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 an event and worked all day, and, but I was able to sneak by the basketball game at 4 o'clock that my ninth grader was playing in. Um, and then I went to dinner after that and had a meeting after that. But I can control the calendar so I can get to their major events because there is no dad in the world that enjoys going to sporting events more than I do. And so I get to as many of them as I possibly can. And and 2019 was a, a lower percentage than I would have liked, and 2020 will be an even higher percentage. Um, and it's really important to me. And we, uh, you know, we I have kids that, that play every sport imaginable, and, and we try to travel as a family and, and go to those events. And uh, it's just it's what we do. And, um, and is, this is going to be – um, uh, present new challenges, no question. Uh, but it, I think Ely and I have uh, done this in, in such a way. I have been in elected office um, right. for 16 years. My oldest daughter was born 11 months into my first term right. as state treasurer. So this is all that they know. And, um, and the beautiful thing now uh, is um, all three of mine text me pretty regularly uh, about yeah. what's going on in the world and it's communications easier today than it was when you and I were growing up. Well, I get to, I can text I I communicate with my kids a whole lot 
easier texting because they sure don't answer the phone. No, I don't even know what they do if they answer the phone. I hear their voices. I'm going like, well, who is this? You know? I don't even think they know how to say hello. <laughs> no. You know, when when the phone rings, you're supposed to hit answer and say so hello. Funny. They just push the button and look at it. No, no, you're right. Uh, you're right. Now, you're talking about sports. Take me back to growing up and the importance of, was basketball the number one thing for you? Yeah, I made a decision uh, going into my sophomore year in high school to focus my efforts uh, on basketball. Uh, I grew up playing every sport imaginable, I, I, and I played uh, soccer, and I played basketball, and I played football, and I played baseball. Um, and anything that they kept score at, I tried to play it. And um, and I wasn't a great athlete, but I really played. I really tried hard, and uh, and worked hard at it. But I was a pretty decent basketball player. Started every game of my high school career wow. and, and got recruited. Was getting recruited pretty heavily by a lot of different entities, a lot of different institutions. Um, and then ended up tearing up my shoulder my junior year in high school. And so wow. I went from a fairly uh, sought-after, highly recruited uh, player to that's one that uh, <laughs> was a little less so, right. uh, but did have the opportunity to go to Millsaps. And, and I tell everybody, look, I, I went to Millsaps to play basketball, and I lucked into a great education. Well, and that's yeah, just that's just yeah. a fact. And um, um, but but it was a, a great opportunity, and, I, and 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 having the opportunity to not only get a great education while at Millsaps, but also yeah. literally meeting the best friends uh, of my life and the people that I hang out with. Uh, even to this day, uh, came from the, that freshman year at Millsap, some of whom I played ball with and some of whom I didn't. And so um, I got to play for a, uh, a young man by the name of John Stroud, who was the head coach at Millsaps and yeah. a great friend of mine to this day. He's actually served on my campaign finance committee and just a super guy, great wow. ball player. Um, the John and, Stroud that we met at Ole Miss. Uh, the John Stroud that was uh, and is a top five a leading yeah. scorer in SEC history. Yeah. Um, yeah, was my coach at Millsaps. I grew up and went to college with Gerald Glass. Yeah, and then Gerald left us and went to with Coach Murphy. But we got the thrill of Gerald doing his thing, and um, he's been on the show as well. But those guys were something else. I mean, really great scores. Uh, I remember I played with Gerald uh, and against Gerald in the oh wow um, Jackson State Summer League back in the oh, wow. uh, early nineteen nineties, uh, late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. Um, and and so uh, he he could fill it up. <laughs> you know, the funny thing is he said he averaged 12 a game. But when he came to Delta State, it was like he couldn't miss. And he goes, it just sort of happened. And I went, no, no, no. It just doesn't happen. He goes, it did. He goes, I worked really hard. I played with a chip. You know, and went to the NBA and had a cool little career. And he's, a, he's such a good guy. We are with the 65th governor of Mississippi. It's a glorious time to be a Mississippian. I'm Steve Azar, and you're in the Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios. Uh, we're going to be right back with Governor Tate Reeves. All the way back to 1943, Guarantee Bank has grown from offering the basic banking services and products to serving customers with a comprehensive, complete line of expertise and products only expected at much larger institutions. We are proud to be your local big-time bank. So when you're looking for a bank you can truly depend on and trust, and like me so many years ago trying to find my way around, let Guarantee Bank 
with its 17 convenient locations help you on your journey and become a wonderful addition to your family like they have mine for over 30 years. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC. Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Steve Azar. I'm with Governor Tate Reeves. Uh, Pretty cool, 65th governor. I got to get to really know our 64th governor and uh, and Phil Bryant. And then did his inauguration ball, did uh, Governor Barber's inauguration ball. I came to town with Kenny Rogers. I'll never forget. I was like, I, I got to tell you something. I had a little moment when he started singing Lady. Uh, <laughs> and I played golf with, you know, some of the Gatlins. They were there. But I was like, man. <laughs> you know, when you're a kid growing up in Kenny Rogers, you were, you know, I was a fan. So anytime I got to go on the road or, or play gigs with, like, Bob Seger or whatever I did, uh, it was still in awe a little bit, you know. Although, uh, you had to act cool. I, sometimes I, you know. All right. So, you grow up and... You go to Millsap. So when does politics, is that something like I wanted to be the Pope when I was younger and that wasn't going to happen? <laughs> right. It wasn't going to happen. Right. So, so seriously, music became something serious to me when I was a junior in college where I felt like maybe I could do this. You know, when did your, your life's been pretty to me on target and it looks like it's on a schedule, you know? So when did it happen? Well, I, I grew up during the uh, Reagan era, and so my father uh, never ran for anything but was always interested in national politics. He's a small business owner uh, in Pearl, Mississippi. He started his business in the early 1970s, um, and it's a, it's a, he's in the heating and air conditioning business. And so, obviously, public policy has affected uh, small business owners and everything from tax rates to, to interest rates. I remember hearing him talk about uh, the late 70s under the Carter administration when interest rates were at 18, 19, 20 oh, percent. Yeah. Yeah. And, and when you had uh, debt trying to start a small business, that's a real problem. And so, um, you know, so I've, I think I've always been at least somewhat interested uh, when I was a freshman at Millsaps, happened to be the summer of 19, excuse me, the fall of 1992. So that was when President George H.W. Bush was running for reelection. Uh, we had a Southerner. Uh, from a uh, former governor from the state of Arkansas running for president that year. And, and as uh, that campaign unwinded, I got engaged and involved in the college Republicans, which huh. some of my friends were like, you mean you really had a college Republicans group at Millsup? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, actually we did. <laughs> we graduated a few Republicans. Um, and so we, we got involved and engaged in that campaign and, and volunteering. And, and so I, I really, it really piqued my interest. And then as I moved further and further on, um, in, in my collegiate career, I, I, I realized that uh, I was interested in in economic uh, activities, and and so I ended up being a major uh, majored in economics at Millsaps, and took all the uh, personal and otherwise finance classes I could take, and so uh, I, I felt like I wanted to go into the investment business, and and um, it's something that I I did. But even so, I was I was active and engaged both from a volunteer perspective as well as working on a few campaigns um, because I enjoyed politics. I never thought I would run for anything, um, and then it really didn't strike me as even being a possibility until 
uh, February of, of 03 when Marshall Bennett, uh, who was our longtime state treasurer, uh, announced that he wasn't going to run for re-election. And I knew huh. that Governor Barber, uh, or then uh, uh, private citizen Barber, was uh, made a decision to run for governor. And so uh, I was actually a candidate for treasurer the same time that, that Haley was a candidate for governor. So Have you, are you bet, so you got to realize I was gone. I should know this. And my guess is, have you batted a 1,000 running every time you've run? I have not lost an election yet, but there's always time. <laughs> so you were we point got one guard? more. Tell me you're a point guard, shooting guard. Uh, I, I like that. I, I, Quarterback. I, I played. Point, I played point guard in. Uh, <laughs> played point guard in high school, and I played a little a little point guard and a lot of shooting guard uh, in college. I, I, I like to shoot the basketball. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, you probably appreciate this, Steve, but my motto was always: if you hot. You got to shoot to rock, and if you're not hot, you got to shoot till you get hot. And so, hey, listen, that's, are you kidding me? Well, you can't get your name in the paper by getting the, you got to you got to shoot a lot. So I was about thinking your youngest uh, a shooter. Yeah, I, I, I'm hopeful. You know, my my oldest is good. My 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 middle child's a great athlete. My youngest is seven, and she's very bossy, and right. so it, that we know for sure. And so hopefully that carries over to the basketball court where she can go out there and be a natural-born so leader. So was your oldest or, or who, who was played the other day? Uh, my oldest, yeah. Oh, my, oldest, my ninth yeah, grader. Yeah, I'm sorry. Okay. And so likes to shoot? Uh, she, she doesn't shoot enough, actually. No, there's she no can, such thing. She, she can shoot the ball, and she needs to she needs to find more opportunities to put to put it up. Cause, uh, um, but, you know, it's, uh, it's, oh, right. they're fun to watch. What, what, a, what a great time in their lives. And, oh, and um, yours. You wait, just get ready. I mean, you're at that point where it's only going to get incredible. So everything that you've ever done, this is a dad that's older, everything that you've ever done is about to just, it's just, and that's why I think about you now, uh, uh, and especially this period, because you're going to have to miss some things. But um, our first lady is going to have to have that, what do you call it now, technology. You can probably just have the game going, <laughs> give speech at the same time. It's you know, incredible. Bring businesses to Mississippi at the same time. And I appreciate you being candid with me and, and opening up about these things because I feel like our show is a lot about that. Um, I've gotten to know a lot of friends, and, and I've gotten, I know so much about what they've done historically in sports and, and, and whatever, but I love finding out a little bit more about their personal life, and I appreciate you, appreciate you doing that. Um, Okay, so you get out of Millsap. You're, 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 what could somebody? Everybody always asks me this. It's the most cliche, cliche question, but until I'm on the other side of the microphone, I see sort of the value in it. If you weren't the 65th governor, and come on, I I love saying that. That has to sink in at some point. But and I know you're all working. It's time to go, and it's game time for you. And I I see that in your eyes, and 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 I appreciate that. Was there any other choice of a career in your life? Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, the reality is I, I am the 65th governor um, after being the 32nd lieutenant governor. I'm the 12th person in Mississippi history to serve as both governor and lieutenant governor. And as you alluded to earlier, uh, I am the first person to serve two full terms as lieutenant governor that also serves as governor. There's there's a reason for that, by the way, and we could talk about that if you wanted to. But Yeah. Um, but the reality is that um, if I wasn't in in the public sector and in public service, um, I would still be in the investment world, managing money for a living, probably doing um, hedge funds and and private equity, 
because I, I love it. That's my I'm passionate about it. Uh, I was that's what I did for almost ten years before I ran for office. And quite frankly, that's the reason I ran for treasurer because my I, I was in the investment world. Uh, I loved politics, and the treasurer's office in Mississippi is really where government and finance intersect. I was running almost a half a billion dollars uh, for individuals before wow. I ran for office, and, and the treasurer at that time was managing almost three and a half to four billion dollars a year. And so that's one of the, the reasons that um, I ran because I could actually tell people the truth and say, you know, this is a job that I can do because I do it already, and right. um, and it gave me a, a it gave me a, a great opportunity to to work closely with then state auditor Phil Bryant and, and of course That's then right. then Governor uh, Haley Barber and on lots of different things. I think it it gives me a a perspective coming into the office, which is uh, very helpful. Yeah. Um, and, and at least. Uh, we don't we don't have all the answers, um, and we don't even know we don't even know what all the questions are going to be because they right. change every day and every month. But what we do know is that um, we've seen a lot over the last sixteen years uh, that has prepared me to to be able to make good wise decisions. Wow, we're talking to Governor Tate Reeves, sixty fifth Governor of Mississippi. Get my numbers right. You know, I wish that you'd have known my my brother. Just bringing it up is been the chief of staff at Campbell's Clinic. Uh, he's been the Grizzlies orthopedic surgeon since day one. So he's a shoulder specialist. So I'm thinking back. <laughs> I wish you, yeah, we'd have known each other back then. We'd have got you fixed. Technology's come a long way in the whole you know med profession, and he's pretty dang good. So yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, I. I I just started thinking. I said, I have regret now. Oh, I want to go fix you so you can go back and play. I hate uh, you being injured. <laughs> yeah, well, back in those days, um, and, and he would know this better than I, but, um, you know, I, I'm sitting with a six or seven inch scar, uh, which now they could do my arthroscopic, I'm sure, and could have fixed it. And rather than, than them telling me that I was out for six to seven months, I could have probably been out for six, seven weeks. But, oh. um, but it's, you know, times are different now. But uh, look, it's. Uh, everything happens for a reason, and, and God put me in a, uh, an opportunity yeah. at Millsaps where um, where I could uh, meet my wife, and and so I'm I'm blessed. I, I have no regrets. Um, yeah, I, I probably could have made a lot more money if I had uh, made it to the NBA uh, as no, opposed no, no, to no. public service. But hey, such is life. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. No doubt. All right, so we, you know, in the NBA, they're always listening. They have their headsets on before games. So we are the birthplace of American music. You know it as much or better than anybody. So this is the point you get of the show. You get to play DJ into the break. Would you like to hear BB King or Paul Davis? BB King. That was quick. With Governor Reeves, Governor <laughs> Tate Reeves. You're in Keep Mississippi Beautiful Studios. I'm Steve Azar We're on Super Talk. We're going to be right back. doesn't sleep and neither do we fox news radio late breaking up to the minute from around the world around the clock here on super talk mississippi in a 
a Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Steve Azar. I am with Governor Tate Reeves. Uh, Tate, where's Tate come from? Is that actually your middle name? <laughs> it, it, is my, name? it is my middle name, but it is not a family name. Interestingly, hmm. uh, my mother, uh, when she was pregnant with me, was reading a book. And the main character in that book was named Tate. And that's how uh, I received the name. Sounds like a shooting guard to me. Hey, come on. (laughs) Could have played in the NBA. All right. Getting ready. And here you go. Right? You've been doing this already. You've already, like, you've been in this marathon. And now it seems like now you've got a sprint. You know? But you're in shape. And you've you've gotten yourself ready to do this. So when I think about you talking about balancing career all these people in Mississippi now you're responsible for, and your family. I'm not concerned because you've been training for this for all these years. So, and I love hearing you talk about. It. I love watching if every if our listeners could see you light up when you talk about money and budgets and and talking about. You're right. Our folks, 18 percent, 19 percent when we're growing up. How could they even afford to live? And right now we're in a pretty cool time mm-hmm. where the rates. I saw something the other day came across my phone and it's like 3.9, 3.09 for a mortgage. And I'm thinking like, do you know? Do you want to remortgage for you know? It's crazy. So with all that said, right now, like, what's your priorities? What's or can you tell me or you know or, or is there like one two and three in your mind? I want to go get straight. Yeah, I, I once heard uh, a governor say that that he was elected governor for three reasons: jobs, jobs, and jobs. I love that. And there's there's a lot of truth in that. And so when I think about our priorities, it's about job creation. It's about bringing better and higher paying jobs uh, to Mississippi. But it's also, but to do that, you have to understand how to do it and, and what we need to focus on. And what we in Mississippi need to focus on is investing in our people. Uh, we, we have to realize that the jobs of the next 50 years are not going to be the same as the jobs of the last right. 50 years. And while 50 years ago, entities came to Mississippi because they could hire someone uh, because of their work ethic and, and their strong back, uh, the reality is you got to have a strong mind to do the jobs of the next 50 years. And so we've got to train and retrain our workforce. It's the reason that I proposed back during the campaign that we'd invest $100 million in workforce training centers throughout the state. Uh, We've got adequate resources now. We're in the best financial shape we've ever been in as a state. We're in the best fiscal shape we've ever been in in the history of our state. Because of that, we've created additional dollars without having to raise anybody's taxes where we can invest in our people so that we can train them uh, for these more uh, technology-driven jobs of the future. Right, so let me ask you. So brick and mortar, the challenge is there, like with businesses. I mean, you either have to really sort of get with the times and you got to be online and you have to be like you're competing against Amazon. Now, obviously, we want Amazon to come here and employ our employ people, right? Sure. So that's the that's the advancements, the changes. What we've seen since 2000, think about it. In 20 years, what we've seen happen it's just, to me, like we're living like the Jetsons. You know what I mean? Like we're finally the Jetsons. And then, what? you're right, what are the next 20 years are going to be? There's no telling, right? Because technology is moving so fast. There's a point where this technology can can become, uh, not the devil, but just hurt us. You know what I mean? Is there, Where does it not work? Is that a question? Am I asking yeah, a question? Yeah. I mean, well, a concern, maybe? Uh, well, well, I'll tell you, uh, Steve. Ely and I were talking um, well before midnight, but on New Year's Eve, 
of 2019 about where we were. We were not yet married, but we were dating where we were on New Year's Eve 1999 and specifically the Y2K threat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and, yeah. and you know, we thought the world was going to end because the technology had not caught up to uh, the ability to turn over the clock. Father time. Yeah. And, and now um, here we were 20 years later thinking the technology today is going to be completely different than the technology 30 days from now, much less uh, 30 years from now. And so um, it, it's really a fascinating time. Uh, to be uh, alive, it's a fascinating time uh, to be in a leadership position for right. our state. Uh, but it's also a, it's you've got to recognize the role that technology plays in virtually every single job out there. Yeah. You know, I think about our small family business. We run a heating and air conditioning business, and we can't hire enough technicians. We can't, you know, plumbers can't find enough welders, plumbers. There's certain there, jobs, right? Welders, that you're always going to have to have. You cannot right? find enough welders, and so we've, and, and quite. But you look at the automobile sector. We've got a lot of automobile companies in Mississippi. Well, twenty years ago, um, the way in which they built automobiles uh, is very different than the way in which they do it today because it's all driven by the machines, right. and and so their employees are not physically picking things up and putting them on the car. They're operating a machine that picks them up and puts them on a car. And so you've got to have the brain capacity, the mental capacity, and and the training to actually be able to operate that machine not to actually have right. the strength to, to move it. so Which is where all the workforce, right? Is no coming. question. And so that training, you know, the, obviously there'll be places uh, in certain parts of the state. Will it be multiple locations? Well, that's, well Steve, one, one of the great things that we have in Mississippi is a community college system oh, yeah. that serves everyone. And so when you have 15 community colleges, many of whom, many of which have uh, campuses in counties not on the main campus, we can serve every, we have a, a unique distribution uh, opportunity through our community colleges. Uh, we do a lot of workforce training there. We've got to right. uh, do an even better job of coordinating. We do a lot of really good work, by the way. But we can do an even better job of coordinating that and, and an even better job in investing in those programs at work. Right. And, you know, we want to make sure that we measure uh, success. We want there to be accountability for every dollar that we spend because the taxpayers deserve that. Right. But we really believe that we've got some, some great opportunities uh, to get that done. And we think we can serve people in all 82 counties by using that unique distribution network. Yeah, they're already there. Those places are there. I mean, it's just brilliant. It's, it's, it's really really makes all the sense in the world. Here's what I love. This is why I love that I'm a musician and a singer-songwriter that gets to do this every once in a while and that you're doing what you're doing because uh, it's important that you're doing that and I'm doing this because I couldn't do that because I love how <laughs> articulate you are and how sure of your, yourself you are because you've ran this through your head and you've looked at numbers and you, I mean, that's what I love about it. Us musician types, you know, we're always changing lyrics and everything's uh, is very imaginative and, and all that. And we're, and we're nuts. So that's good. All right. <laughs> you've had, okay. So the beauty of you having uh, Governor Barber, Governor Bryant, you, y'all have worked together. Y'all have, you guys have been hand in hand at some way, always sort of together. Um, you come in right in. Not changing politics, right? A big help. Oh, right? absolutely. Yeah. I mean, from so from Governor Barber was Governor Musgrove, right? Yeah, so he came in after came in after that. So we've been on, you know, been on this Republican run. Um, I've watched you guys work extremely hard, 
and I, I watched Governor Bryant just all over the map. I, I mean, all over the map. I'm talking the globe. Uh, just gonna just jump in and and just uh, where do you? <laughs> I mean, you just start rolling, right? Yeah, we believe, but you're we, different. We we but, are we're, we are rolling. We are different, and we have. Um, similar priorities, but different management styles, and right, of course, um, and we'll have uh, different uh, leaders uh, in various positions. I've chosen to keep a number of the agency heads that Governor Bryan had, and uh, many of them have chosen to retire or, or resign, and and that's great. I, I believe uh, that bringing in um, new people in certain places makes a lot of sense. Right, um, bringing new ideas, new passions, new. Um, new focus, uh, new effort. I think that's a good thing. But we're going to build a, a, a team uh, that is prepared to get the job done. Right. And, and that's that's what's most important. And, and we're going to hold them accountable. I've had the privilege of serving as music and culture ambassador of state for three and a half years now. I've had the best time. I've learned so much about things I wish I'd have known about years ago. And I probably didn't pay attention economics, which I should have listened. You know, something that you majored in. I didn't realize the value of when you put on a, a charity event and people from 25 states come in and they occupy your hotels and then you do a festival, it's the same thing. And just going off and going to Liverpool and going to Germany and hearing people talk about how vibrant their economy are because they're celebrating their culture and music and arts are a part of it. Coming back home, I always knew Jim Henson was there. And I remember seeing his book from that his mom showed me that was the Muppets before they were the Muppets. It was this creating this, this process. And then you see it on the NBC Today show that there's a book out of that. And I, I saw that, you know, as a kid. It's just amazing to me the power of art in our state and getting to be a part of that. So I've really enjoyed that. I wanted to tell you firsthand how, how I've learned so much. Uh, it also gets me to connect, continue to connect to people. When you show up on the back of a bus and you go play, you hug everybody and you all that. But there's, I've gotten to be, it's gotten to be more of, I get to be more Mississippi. You know, it's been really great because we are this extremely hospitable place that is warm and accepting. And so I've really enjoyed that. And it's been a thrill. I want to tell you that. So it, I just, I've learned a whole lot. Uh, we're going to be right back with Governor Tate Reeves. I'm going away. beginnings all the way back to 1943. Guarantee Bank has grown from offering the basic banking services and products to serving customers with a comprehensive, complete line of expertise and products only expected at much larger institutions. We are proud to be your local big-time bank. So when you're looking for a bank you can truly depend on and trust, and like me so many years ago trying to find my way around, let Guarantee Bank with its 17 convenient locations, help you on your journey and become a wonderful addition to your family like they have mine for over 30 years. Guarantee Bank, member FDIC. Whether you're a rebel, a bulldog, a golden eagle, or just a sports fan, Super Talk Mississippi has got a podcast for you. For you. Sports Talk Mississippi, The Rebel Report, Thunder and Lightning, The Super Talk Eagle Hour, and The Borky Show are all now available for you. And it's all free. Free. Get them all on demand at supertalk.fm and on your smartphone. 
Just search for Super Talk on iTunes, Google Play, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. The news doesn't sleep, and neither do we. Fox News Radio, late breaking, up to the minute, from around the world, around the clock, here on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Minute with Steve Azar, right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Opportunity grew on trees, I taste them, waste them, do it all again. Ten feet I'm Steve Azar, I am with Governor Tate Reeves. Alright, so what's our first order of business? What are you doing next week? Like, what are you going to eat in the morning? Like, you're going to have, cap- I'm a Captain Crunch guy. <laughs> but seriously, you're going to get up, are you a breakfast guy? Uh, I, I typically work out in the mornings, and so um, I eat breakfast bars uh, and, right. and roll with it. And um, so, you know, we've got a lot of work to do. Uh, we're gonna, we got a lot of things to do. You know, you mentioned the, um, the musical heritage in Mississippi. Look, we have invested over the last eight years in telling our story. Quit letting the world tell our story and yeah. let us tell our own Absolutely. story. And so when you look at the arts and entertainment experience in Meridian and the so Grammy cool. Museum up north of you, I mean, you, we're talking, you know, the B.B. King Museum there in Indianola, east of you. I mean, we're talking about some really cool, cool places, and we've got to monetize on that, and we've got to capitalize yeah. on it and bring people here. Uh, you know, it's um, Elvis Presley's birthday, and, um, you know, that's another opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when you think about just the sheer talent that has come out of Mississippi, um, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's crazy. It yeah, is it absolutely makes, it crazy. It makes no sense. <laughs> because, no, because, it, because there were so many people from so many different walks of life, diverse ethnic backgrounds. Totally. It really makes no sense, and that's the something in the water. It's just the magic of the place. Uh, agriculture. You know, I have a lot of friends who are farmers. You do, too. Sure. Uh, Hardest-working people that ever existed. So I've, I've always felt like when I was complaining or griping, I think of soldiers overseas being away from their families first, and then I think of our farmers who, especially this year south of us, uh, of Greenville, uh, south of Greenville, it was devastating to drive to here when I went through Vicksburg. Uh, heading that way, uh, I was just depressing. Uh, it was disheartening. It was, uh, and so you can't do anything about it. It was, it was water. <laughs> you know, we couldn't sain it off in back as, into the river. Uh, as far as you could see, it was yeah, water. It was really crazy. <laughs> Agriculture-wise, we, uh, we're going to be in a good spot, right? I mean, it's our farmers are farming hard, and technology obviously plays a point. But you still have to go in and plant crops. I read something, but th- there's a point to this. I read something about a lot of uh, products now, a lot, a lot of uh, crops that are being produced. Uh, just in a different way. And I was trying to understand what they're talking about, but it's not in the fertile flatlands ground. And I mean, could that be something that could actually happen? Where in maybe manufacturing companies that, that actual soybeans are grown rather than, and, and, and faster, you know what I mean? And then, then in God's beautiful earth. Well, from a technology standpoint, I don't, I don't doubt anything. Um, but when I think about the, the fantastic uh, foods that are produced in the Mississippi Delta, we, we do it better than... Oh. Than most, and um, better than anyone in the world, quite honestly. And so, um, uh, you know, we we did have a tough year this year from a, a farming standpoint. The the South Delta was uh, literally underwater for months and months and months, for as far as you could see. Mm-hmm. I did have the opportunity with Senator Wicker and Senator Hyde Smith to meet with the EPA administrator, 
um, uh, recently while in D.C., and that's a issue that we're working on very, very hard uh, and, and think we're making some progress. And so, uh, look, the, we've got we've got some great people in the Mississippi Delta, and and, uh, and and but agriculture is is our largest industry statewide, and it's not confined yeah. just to the second congressional district, or just to the no, Mississippi not. Delta. Right. There's right. there's great uh, agriculture production in virtually every county of our right. state, and right. that's um, and that's that's it's it's our largest industry, and, and it has been for uh, since the beginning of time, and it will be for many, many, many years into the future. It's wild. I flew into Sanderson. They picked me up after doing a, a deal for Hootie and the Blowfish, and I got picked up on one of their jets. And <laughs> I, I flew in. They brought me into a hangar, and all the all the jets looked the same. And I said, "Why don't the jets look the same?" You know, I was doing. I, it was going into Jones County a couple. It was last year, and uh, I was going to speak there. And uh, they said, "Chicken business is good," and I love that. You know, <laughs> I started thinking, "Oh my gosh, all these jets!" You know, so we got a couple big ones coming, but. Uh, Pretty cool, pretty cool. Well, listen, I know you're busy, and uh, our state is blessed. Um, I, I mean that from the bottom of my heart. I'm, I'm excited about our next eight years. You, you know, I wrote the song, Bad, Bad, Old Tate Reeves. I sang it for you. I thought you were either going to have me arrested, or you, but I saw smiles, so I had a good time writing that. And uh, I'm really excited about our future, and we're blessed as Mississippians. Uh, and I appreciate you uh, taking the time to spend a Mississippi Minute with me. Awesome. You're the best. Governor Tate Reeves, 65th Governor of Mississippi. It's time to roll. We'll see you later. Blessings, everybody. I'm Steve Azar. In a Mississippi Minute, all 60 of them, where you can take your sweet time. Feeling down? Here's your prescription for a daily dose of good news and positive vibes. Good Things with Rebecca Turner. Every afternoon, Rebecca highlights all the good things happening right here in the state you call home. Daily exposure to good things with Rebecca Turner may cause smiling, feelings of positivity, happiness, and even laughter. When you experience these symptoms, tell your friends to listen. Okay. Weekdays starting at 2 p.m. here on Super Talk Mississippi and now on Amazon Alexa devices. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.